What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the Dense Pixels podcast. Two-man booth and making a surprise uh, entry into this week's <laughs> podcast. Coming back from a uh, self-imposed uh, internet injury <laughs> is my co-host, Micah. Yeah, I, I tore both of my internet quads <laughs> and I was just sitting there mad <laughs> at the outcome. I actually, uh, so, so TLD is reviewing the 05 Royal Rumble, um, on this week's show. And I actually went back and watched the Rumble match. Um, I forgot how ridiculous that moment was with Vince McMahon just sitting in the ring like a child. <laughs> Because he had literally ripped both of his quadriceps off of the muscle, uh, off of his, you know, off the, off the bone, and uh, that is how aggressively he walks. <laughs> <laughs> just what a, what an amazing fucking situation that is. Just like I said, it's it's amazing that he that he blew out one, and then like I said, literally he blows out one getting into the ring, and then he blew out the other one trying to stand up once he blew, <laughs> once he blew out the first one like. <laughs> does that happen and like the guys in the ring like had no idea what the like like john cena and batista played it off as well as they could but these big these big beefy guys just looking at this who was probably in his 60s at the time yeah. this 60 year old man pouting and yelling and screaming at them <laughs> it's hilarious and apparently uh so i i heard edge talk about this after the fact apparently like once they realized what had happened they they cleared out the backstage area because he wanted to get back to his to his like limo without any assistance because he, <laughs> he's such a proud asshole <laughs> so that he could get to the hospital. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh obviously later in the show we're gonna be reviewing the 2020 uh Royal Rumble, which happened just this past weekend. Uh if you're a video listener, don't worry, you're not going crazy. Yes, we're wearing two different outfits because we actually recorded the Royal Rumble portion of the podcast yesterday. And then we came back and did the video game stuff today. So, but we'll get to that later. Micah, you have not been here for like a month because you've been moving house. As, yes. as video listeners can, or watchers can see, you have a nice new background here. Yes. Uh, to your yes. video. But uh, have you been playing anything new lately? Uh, not really. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't too much out there to play. Um, I started, I went back to Jedi Fallen Order because, uh, I never got through it mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm just kind of trying to get through that now. Mm -hmm. Uh, when we're done, uh, Joker came out on Mortal Kombat. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fool around with Joker sad, for like five minutes. Sad son of a bitch. I can't believe you're still playing that fucking game. Uh, you know what? I kind of like it. Oh, God. <laughs> I kind of like it. I will, I, I will, I will force you like Clockwork Orange style to listen to the podcast that we recorded in May when the game came out and listen to you and Terrence bang on that game for 30 <laughs> minutes and, and see if you still feel the same way. I haven't, uh, I haven't been playing much either. I don't, I've barely touched my PlayStation 4 in like the past six weeks. Yeah. Like not very often. Um, and plus I'm about to embark on a very interesting, uh, journey as far as video games go. Cause the, the gravy train is pulling out of the station, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> which we'll you talk, better get, better get everything while <laughs> get you can get all the kittens good. So, 
We'll talk about that on a later show uh, because I have an idea for a special Dense Pixels premium episode. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, that uh, more more to come on that. It'll be I, like our it'll be like our own telltale game. <laughs> <laughs> Tales from. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so like I said, more to come on that down the road. Um, new releases this week for the past two weeks, really. Um, February's right around the corner. Xbox has announced their games with gold, and what a month it is, everybody! Uh, for for the entire month of February. Uh, TT Isle of Man, which is like a motorcycle racing game, uh, is available for free on the Xbox One. Uh, you would never know with that title. Yeah, you would not. You would <laughs> not at all. Um, from February 16th to March 15th, beware the Ides of March. Also beware Cthulhu, because the Call of Cthulhu uh, is available for free on Xbox One. And then uh, from the 1st to the 15th of February, you get Fable Heroes for Xbox 360 for free, and then from the 16th to 29th, you get Star Wars Battlefront. No, not that Star Wars Battlefront that came out five years ago, but the original Star Wars Battlefront that came out on the original Xbox uh, back in the early aughts, uh, whenever whatever year that came out. So there's that. So uh, I don't uh, I don't remember Fable Heroes. Uh, I don't remember Fable Heroes either. Um, the Art the cover art for the game does not look like a fable game, quite frankly. No. So uh, I don't know if that's fable the way that uh that we think of fable for Xbox. Uh but uh, you can find out for free in just a couple of days. Uh also coming out over the past last week and this week, uh Rug- Rugby 20 coming out uh for PS4, Xbox One, PC. Uh Warcraft 3 Reforged uh coming out for PC. I know there's a lot of people excited about that. And then uh, Journey to the Savage Planet came out today on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Yay, uh, January new releases. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't I don't really know. God, this is a this is a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus plus also we're in the death cycle too. Like like it's the last year before new consoles come out. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. it's going to be tough sledding as far as this this portion of the podcast this year. It, yeah, the uh this console generation is lame ducking it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh if you want to see a couple of lame ducks on YouTube, go to youtube.com/densepixels <laughs> and subscribe. <laughs> um you can also uh, support us. The 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 best way to support us is by going to densepixels.com slash premium and subscribing to TNP Studios' uh, uh, premium uh, network of shows. Uh, for $5 a month or $50 a year, uh, you get access to uh, a number of shows, including the airing of grievances, which is coming back. Uh, now that I have moved, uh, I can do them remotely. So we are going to get uh, those on a more regular basis. Uh, no time to bleed. Uh, look, here's a here's a little uh, here's a little behind the curtain thing. We generally tape two episodes of Black on Black Cinema uh, a month. But what we're going to do now is tape one episode of Black on Black Cinema and one episode of No Time to Bleed. That way you are guaranteed 
to get a monthly episode of No Time to Bleed. And now that I have said that, it will never. (laughs) (laughs) We have to do it. Um, the uh, the real reason you subscribe to our premium slave shows, the men with the golden tongues, fuck yeah, which uh, will also be back, uh, and we'll be back with a doozy, uh, because the next episode, uh, the two hosts of that wonderful show, uh, will be reviewing Mission Impossible Rogue, uh, Rogue, Nation. Rogue Nation, yeah, that's it. Okay, I, 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 I'm I'm so used to just. Naming them by number, not uh, and and not and again, if you if you have not listened to the last episode, which was the James Bond theme song tournament, do yourself a favor and pony up that sweet sweet cash. Yeah, tournament episodes are always fun, um, and uh, you know the the what some might say is the the jewel in the crown, the the MVP, the Iron Man of the premium network. Uh, the Look Forward Political Podcast, you see. We give you an hour of that for free to get you hooked. And then when with with all the political commentary and comedy, uh, once you, you're hooked on it, we, we cut it off and say, you want that next hour? You gotta you gotta subscribe. And believe me, it's worth it because it's like it's like msnbc after dark <laughs> <laughs> that is how we should advertise it honestly that's pretty that's pretty fucking funny um you can also subscribe to all of our free shows uh wherever you get your podcasts including the flagship show the nerd apocalypse black on black cinema which um just aired uh an episode uh reviewing uh the latest tyler perry movie which is just awful uh, Coming Distractions, our uh, movie review show uh, for new movies, and the free preview episode uh, of Look Forward. Very good. So uh, getting into the news, um, delay apocalypse has happened over the last two weeks. So we talked last episode uh, about Avengers getting delayed into September uh, to hopefully figure out what that game is going to be. Um <laughs> We've since also heard uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed to September as well. Uh, in addition, Dying Light 2 is delayed indefinitely, uh, scheduled originally for spring of 2020, and now they've got no fucking idea. So, uh, yeah, all, all the big video game news in 2020 so far has literally been delays, and then kind of layering an extra bit of of kind of bad news on Cyberpunk is the fact that C Project Red basically admitted uh that crunch is going to be necessary to get Cyberpunk out even by the September uh release date. I mean, I I think it's adorable that that um that people are idealistic and think that you know, oh well, you know, crunch is just going to be eliminated now that everyone knows about it like nah, it's it's always going to happen and it's just going to be at least cd project red is upfront enough mm-hmm. where it's like yeah it, this has to happen because we have deadlines to meet and i'm not saying it's right uh i'm not saying it's fair uh i'm saying it is what it is and um you know 
I vote with your dollar, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I'm buying CD. I'm, I'm buying Cyberpunk. So I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, fortunately, people weren't too like mad about the delays. I think we have at least at least as a fan base gotten over um, getting pissed off about games getting delayed because I think we all understand now that it's about making the best product uh, that you possibly can. Absolutely. I mean, after the uh, which which Assassin's Creed was it that was the French Revolution? Uh, Unity. Unity. Yeah, Unity. <laughs> Yeah, Unity. Uh, after Unity came out and was just just a, 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 a broken mess, where they had to patch it with a seven gig patch uh, just to put faces on characters. Yeah, man. Like uh, delays. Uh, you know, I don't mind delays. There are pl- there are a plethora of games that you can play from multiple different, you know, uh, sources. It's not like back in our day, <laughs> back in our day when we had two consoles and, 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 and they were, you know, games cost $80 and they were, you know, you couldn't patch them. And once they were out, they were out. Well, a delay felt like a delay felt like forever. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, all right, it's a couple months. Big so, deal. Yeah. So they'll they'll be there. I I, I just think it sucks that uh, it, a lot of these games are now going to get pushed up very close to you know the new consoles dropping, which I think is yeah. not an ideal situation. But what are you going to do? Can't can't do nothing about that. Yeah. So uh, look, we have a lot of fun on this podcast at the expense of uh, of Bethesda, particularly around. Fallout 76. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we we like to get our jollies in it, poking fun at that just fucking shit show of a video game uh, that they released. But if you're going to bang on them when they do bad, then you have to also report when they do good. So we reported it. Well, we didn't report it, but we talked about a couple weeks ago how uh, there's this glitch that people could walk up to people in the game and literally steal their entire inventories and uh, Bethesda didn't know what to do. Well, apparently, uh, they have made good on this by uh, essentially players that were affected. They cloned earlier versions of their characters to replace the stolen items, which means in some cases they like literally doubled the stock that players had of some of those items, which some of them are very valuable. And then they also gave the players um, eight thousand two hundred fifty atoms. Atoms are the premium currency. In, in Fallout 76. Now, in to put things in context, if you buy the you know Fallout first premium Fallout 76 membership, you get a monthly allowance of 1,650 atoms. So basically, you get a you know five times more. Yeah. Or they, they they've given some players five times more as like a make good uh, for this situation. Um, I'm always, uh, I'm always a little leery of giving out like premium currency mm. as a, as a thank you. It's like, it, it, I mean, it, it's, isn't it just like a, a free hit of, of a drug that they kind of want you to get? It, it, it also kind of shows you 
the level to which they value the currency. Like, yeah, if you're willing to just give this shit away all. for free, like, how the fuck should you value it to give them money for it kind of thing? Exactly. Exactly. But I don't know. I guess that's just us thinking. Yep. But hey, they, they, they took care of those kids. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good for them. Took care of them and hopefully they gave them all that premium currency so that they can hurry up and spend it and buy some more premium currency. <laughs> so, and apparently um, there's some weird like altruism now going on because like the players that had their inventories doubled by accident, like they have more shit than they know what to do with. So now they're just giving away like items in game to people. <laughs> Which is, which like I said, considering the amount of like class textualization, like things that have been going on inside of Fallout 76 anyway, is an amusing, uh, amusing thing. <laughs> so very, very, very cool. But like I said, good, good guy, Bethesda, good job, uh, making good on a really shitty situation for a very small, uh, subset of your players. Um, we've been talking over the last several months about many, uh, streamers signing exclusivity deals with different platforms and things of that nature as the streaming wars uh, appear to be in full swing. Well, it's not just streamers uh, that are getting in on the game. Overwatch and Call of Duty, their leagues, uh, have signed deals with YouTube to make YouTube game, or well, I guess just YouTube at this point, the exclusive streaming platform for the Overwatch League and the Call of Duty League. Hmm. Which is very interesting. Uh, and by the way, the Overwatch League, uh, this is not just Bliz- it's not just Overwatch. Uh, Blizzard has signed this deal. So that means Hearthstone is also going to YouTube exclusively. And as part of the deal, uh, Activision Blizzard's online games will employ the Google Cloud to deliver, quote, superior low latency player experiences, uh, including server infrastructure for hosting games huh so apparently the uh 2020 season uh for the overwatch league starts on february 8th uh they were broadcast on twitch beforehand but as of this season no longer and uh the call of duty league kicks off this weekend i think on friday if i'm not mistaken so micah what are your thoughts on arguably i mean between hearthstone and overwatch Two of the biggest, if not biggest, um, organized, you know, streaming games uh, going exclusively to YouTube and leaving Twitch in the dirt. Um, this is uh, one. This is really good for Google, right? Because as it, I, I mean, look, I, I don't do a lot of like watching streamers and and specific games. Like I. Uh, the streamers I watch, I watch them for their personality, mm-hmm. not necessarily because they do other things, and it's not a lot of them. Um, like I won't just turn on Twitch and just start watching stuff. So I don't know how uh, equipped I am to deal with to answer this, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is a a good thing for Google. Sure. Um. I have you ever watched uh have you ever watched E League on like TBS? I, I have actually. Uh not not often. Not often. Not often because it comes on at like like 
midnight or some some stupid well, like that here. But. So like like Disney XD also um, does a lot of Overwatch League broadcasts as well. And if I'm sitting around at home on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, and I'm there's nothing like I've watched my football for the day. Not not fucking NFL. Get the fuck out of here, soccer. If I watch my <laughs> football for the day, and uh, and and there's nothing, and I'm just kind of just lazing about, not really doing anything. I'll I'll click over to the Overwatch League stream. Um, I, I've I've done that a time or two before for sure. Now, does this mean like I? Because I could have sworn watching E League one time that I saw Overwatch. So this does this mean that that um, all these Blizzard games and and Activision games are they won't even be televised on that? Right. I don't think that has anything to do with one or the other because the like the Disney XD stuff had nothing to do with Twitch. Like there was no Twitch partnership in involved with that. That was just a different uh, broadcasting venue. Um so <laughs> I don't I don't think one hand has anything to do with the other in that case. Now what's interesting, I think, so Twitch, you have to like go to Twitch to watch stuff. So like e- like Twitch can promote this content, but you still have to be on Twitch to watch it. Um and if you're not like a gamer per se, like, or if you're not right. someone who's inclined to watch Twitch, you're not going to find that content generally. But if you do play games and you don't watch Twitch, chances are pretty good that you probably use YouTube. And, Everybody uses right. YouTube. And so you, I, this could really grow their audience in some respects because that content can easily be floated to the top of, you know, the top of your homepage or, you know, whatever else, you know, you've going on. If you go to the live section, if there's an event going on, I'm sure it'll be one of the top two or three hits mm-hmm. um, that go up there. So this could be very interesting. And, th- and this is one of the big advantages that YouTube offers. And I don't think that this is an advantage that trickles down to the individual streamer level, but it's a huge advantage for a league setting like you see, you know, with this deal here that we have going on. Yeah. So this is nothing, like I said, this is nothing but good for Google, man, because. And and I, uh, and I think ultimately it's good for Activision, for, for Activision Blizzard as well, to be quite frank. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, To get, uh, to get mainstream eyes, like super casual people's eyes on this and maybe to, uh, who knows, who knows who you'll grab. Right. uh, Just kind of messing around YouTube. My wife uh, will watch something will watch a video on YouTube if if she thinks that other people have watched it. Like if she sees that a video has a million views or whatever, she'll watch it just to see what's what's up because she wants to be part of the zeitgeist. So. Right. And 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 for me, like for me personally, like I probably like YouTube probably is the majority of my content consumption at yeah. this point. Like 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 VOD is basically the only thing I do, I watch very little broadcast television unless it's like a live sporting event of some kind. Right. So, so like I said, very, very interesting moves. I don't think that story got as much play as, uh, as it probably should. Cause I think it's a pretty big fucking deal as we go. Um, so last week, uh, Nintendo did a Nintendo direct specifically for the new smash brothers character. Now you had to know, I, I watched a little bit of it. I watched the beginning of it. You had to know that some fuckery was afoot. When Sakurai immediately tempered expectations come, coming right into the stream. <laughs> like he said something along, like, now just, you know, not everyone might like this character, but just remember 
that they can't all be bangers, basically. Like, right. he, straight right. he straight up said that, man. He was like, <laughs> all right, okay. Like, I know everybody's like, oh, is it Dante? Oh, is it John Cena? Oh, is it right. Wolverine? Keep, keep in mind, this was the last, this was the last character of the first fighter pass right. that they're putting in. Now, now they're doing another fighter's pass. Um, for Smash Brothers, so they're going to continue coming out with new characters for this game. But people were expecting, I guess, like a like a, a grand send off right, uh, for this right. first Fighters Pass, and instead, uh, we got Byleth. Uh, we got another fight uh, from Fire, Fire Emblem. Emblem. So apparently, yeah. Byleth is uh, available in male or female form. Uh, this is your avatar character in Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and like, like I said, I, I have to tell you in watching the internet reaction in real time, uh, once that announce happened, the crowd went mild on, <laughs> on, on, on that news. It was, it was, it was one of the most underwhelming announcements that I've ever seen. Uh, In my entire life. This was the only announcement that I've ever seen where the me fighter costumes got more play than the actual character. Because the me, like, like for your me fighter, they added costumes for Cuphead. They added Assassin's Creed costume. They added a Rabbids costume. Mega Man X got a costume. (laughs) Like. People are like, that shit's amazing. We don't, like, well, we got a 12th Fire Emblem character. Woo! <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> and and here's the here's the thing, right? Like, wow, did you just say twelve fire? I, I pulled that number out of my ass, but the fact that you believed it <laughs> tells me tells you everything that you need to know. Really did, man. See, <laughs> because it's plausible. The fact that that's even plausible is insane. Oh shit! Um, the 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 fact that. You the the fact that Cuphead is not in this is a travesty. I know it's 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 right it's right there. It's like <laughs> like 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 it's he's Cuphead is literally sitting on a fucking tea for you to just like 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 that's a gimme, like that's a meatball coming over the fucking heart of the plate for you to smash into the seats. I mean, it would have been, you got Cuphead and Mugman, right? You got your two different forms, and then you can have four colors of each of those. And and the 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 stage would have been beautiful. The music would have been beautiful. Oh, my God, man. I <laughs> The fact that Cuphead is a me character, is a me costume, is just a, is just a slap in the face. <laughs> like, like, come on, yo. Like, it, it, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's just another it's, – it's, I can't believe they did another Fire Emblem character. Another <laughs> dude with a sword. Because well, I, don't know who, I, I don't know who the fuck those people are. And look, I know there are diehard Fire Emblem fans out there. I know just from our fan group that Three Houses brought in a whole new contingent of Fire Emblem players to the franchise that had never seen a Fire Emblem game before and that will probably get the next Fire Emblem game. And that series is only going to grow in popularity as time goes along. But again, it's another blue-haired person with a fucking sword. (laughs) There's like three of them in the game already, at least. Oh, my God. And the the best part was, like, they did the thing where, like, they had, like, the cutscene play out and, like, people were waiting 
for like the swerve to happen and it just never came. And then, and then like, and then like eventually they went into like the move set and then people were like, oh, this, this is it. <laughs> oh, they really did it. They really fucking did it. So apparently there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fire emblem characters, not including Byleth. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, two, no, but three, aren't, aren't there, five, don't, don't those characters also have like, um, mirrors or whatever the fuck the term they use in that game is like, like all characters. Okay. That okay play yeah. The same? Some of them, some of them are like palette swaps. Yeah. So, so there are one, two, three, four individual characters. Oh, okay. And then palette swaps of a couple of them. Okay. So you're saying that when I said 12, I was off, but not by that much. I mean. <laughs> Fair. Yo. Fire Emblem literally constitutes one-tenth of the Super Smash Brothers <laughs> ultimate roster. Now. Uh, look, that, I'm that, talking all this mess right now. I'm going to talk about Fire Emblem in a little bit, but, you know, I just, when I saw it, this. Fe- it like, feels unacceptable to me. Like, like it feels like it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> like who is who is that for? Who is it for? Even even the Fire Emblem fans are like, guys, this is too many Fire Emblem characters. Like, like you need to s- settle down. Like at least the other characters, from what I understand, are like legendary characters. Like like Byleth hasn't been around long enough to mm-hmm. be a legendary character. You know what I mean? So I I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, you got a whole new season of characters to uh to look forward to for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, I gotta see. I gotta see what the first one is. We shall see. Before, yeah, because I, I really thought they were gonna kind of go outside of the box. You, with, you, uh, you'd hope that they would, with especially this. with this new relationship now that they have with with Microsoft. Like, there's so much opportunity there to, yeah. to dive into uh, in, into the Xbox side of the pool with this stuff. So yeah. maybe maybe they're in the works. Who knows? Like I said, we got a whole new five new characters that'll be coming. Uh, over the course of the next year. So uh, finally in the news, uh, Destiny put out a patch uh, 2.7.1 for Destiny 2. Uh, it broke a lot of shit. They had to take the down the game down for emergency maintenance today, uh, apparently. <sighs> but uh, as the fans of Destiny are wont to do, uh, they data mined the patch and found uh, that there is a mission that... Uh, will likely lead to the restoration of the lighthouse on Mercury, which means Trials of Osiris is coming back to Destiny. Finally, people have been wanting Trials uh, for to return for pretty much the existence of Destiny 2. Um, if you guys remember when Destiny 2 first came out, they had Trials of the Nine, uh, which was a new version of, the trial, of Trials of Osiris, which was not well-received. Um, that ended after the first year. I don't even know if it made it to the first year of Destiny 2. Uh, Bungie said for a while that Trials of the Nine is not expected to return. It was on hiatus indefinitely. Uh, once they started doing, uh, once they made elimination, like 3v3 elimination, uh, a regular playlist in the Crucible pool at the beginning of when Shadowkeep came out, uh, there was a lot of rampant speculation. Uh, that you were going to see trials return, trials of Osiris specifically return to the mix, and uh, now it seems that one of the worst kept secrets in Destiny uh, has been spoiled <laughs> at this point. Um, 
it's bittersweet news for me because uh, I'm I'm using this to springboard into an interesting conversation, and that is that Micah, I'm not. I don't know if I'm done with Destiny or not. Like I might actually be done with Destiny is the word is the better way. To oh, say. okay. I was about to yeah. Say. Um, um, I've skipped this season entirely. I I played through most of the season when Shadowkeep first came out, the season of the end dying. But this new season that came out, I have not touched um, just because I've been busy with other things and and lots been going on in my life outside of outside of you know video games. Um, but I haven't felt like the yearning to come back. Yeah. To destiny. I, I think, um, I mean, look, this is a time that every destiny player faces, right? And normally, um, it's just, it's, it's just destiny burnout, right? Because Mm -hmm. as, as fun as destiny is, it eventually it can feel a little samey and, and you played it on a regular basis and, and, and you were good at it. Right. Like, but I don't, you know, other stuff comes out and things that are a little more interesting come out. And at this point, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of waiting for like cyberpunk and Mm -hmm. stuff like that to come out and, that's what's really got me going. You'll be back on Destiny. I'm once. sure I will. Yeah, you'll be back on Destiny. It, it is. I, it is cool. Like it's 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 kind of wild because like you think that the seasonal structure makes it harder to walk away from the game. In reality, it's just the opposite. Like I'm I'm kind of like look sitting back observing the season from afar, saying ah, there's some cool things happening, but I don't feel like I have to get into it this season. Yeah. But when the next season does roll around, I won't feel like I missed anything, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. Like I said, I've been, I've been at a crisis of, of faith uh, with that lately. And I, I was wondering if I was going to go back. But you're probably right. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, once I've had some – once, I, once I've gotten to miss it, that, uh, yeah. that, that, I'll, that I'll be back into the fold. Yeah. So – but yeah, so that is your quick news for the week. Uh, go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases. When you go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon, you help us out. Every purchase you make, uh, we get a little bit of a finder's fee. Uh, it's not much, uh, but it is the easiest way. If uh, if subscribing to densepixels.com is, slash premium is the best way, going to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all your Amazon purchases is the easiest way. Right. And look, from now, uh, starting uh, starting very soon, uh, I no longer have to feel guilty about telling you guys to purchase your video games from <laughs> www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. <laughs> so the, the, the guilt will have subsided. <sighs> so uh the the only big uh topic of the week we have so we've been doing our top fives me and carrie did it uh at the end of the year terrence came back to the show after a couple weeks off he gave us his top his top five for the year for 2019 uh but it's micah's first time being back since we laid out all the top five lists so micah i am curious in no particular order uh unless well, no particular order except i would i would be curious to know uh at the end which is your game of the year. 
for 2019? Um, in no particular order. Um, uh, I really enjoyed Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, Borderlands was exactly what I wanted, and I got it. And um, I got a whole lot of it. Um, I have two characters at level 50, and um, I'm working on a third slowly. You know, Borderlands is one of those games where I could just kind of pick it up and maybe, just kind of veg out. Maybe that's what I need to jump back into. I haven't, I haven't really been playing Borderlands for the last month or so, and I haven't touched the new expansion content at all. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. That's yeah. what I need to do. I haven't, uh, like, Mad Moxie's, like, Handsome Jack Casino something. something yeah. Other, yeah, so. Um, but yeah, I, I, Borderlands is a fun game that you can always just kind of go back to. Um, um, Devil May Cry five, uh, is the best action game I've ever played. Um, it, it just is, man. I, Capcom, Capcom knows what they're doing. When Capcom is, gives a shit, like they, they really, they really produce quality content and devil may cry. I, I mean, just the amount of, uh, options and controls that you have over these three very different characters is, is, uh, is pretty amazing for a character action, like hack and slash beat them up. Like it's, it is the pinnacle of the genre, Devil May Cry 5. It's it's excellent, man. Um, uh, Outer Worlds is the RPG that uh, I've wanted since since Mass Effect, man. Like it was, it, you know, no no disrespect to no not much disrespect to Mass Effect Andromeda, but Outer Worlds Outer Worlds has the the setting and the characters and the writing, uh, you know, with playable mechanics, right? Like it's not broken, which is a shame that that is a, a bullet point in a game's favor now. But, but, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the outer worlds. Um, resident evil two. Look, man, look again, when Capcom is on his game, it it really is on its game, and Resident Evil Two is the the game that brought people into uh, survival horror, and it, that game as I've played that game plenty of times. That game gets scarier when you play this version of it. Like it's 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 just a this is how. When 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 I imagine like remakes and remasters and stuff like that, this is what I imagine. Not you know some some PS2 game that was upresed right. and, and 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 running at sixty frames. I, no, I do this. think that uh, I do think that between the Resident Evil games and then when we get Final Fantasy VII um, in a couple months, like that's going to be kind of like the new bar by which remasters are judged yeah how on essentially so yeah and it's, and it's like hey if you ain't gonna if you ain't gonna bring this to the table then just don't even bother fucking coming to the door so yeah um i don't know if i have another game that's that's on the level of those games mm-hmm. um 
What was your favorite, uh, I guess, like, off-the-beaten-path game this year? Like, indie game or just, like, B-level title, like, that kind of thing? Um, I like Children of Morta. Mm-hmm. Um, for, uh, I, I got that for the Switch. Um, that's actually a really fun game, and it's a, it's a, uh, an actual, like, it has a decent enough story, mm-hmm. uh, about this family who, uh, I, I, I remember liking that game a lot. Um, did you play Bloodstained? Uh, on the Switch, so. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's fixed now. Like I was actually thinking about buying it because apparently oh, the uh, uh, the patches that they put out have mostly uh, taken care of the issues. That um, the game had. I'll have to um, I'll have to um, see if there's a if there's an update for it. Um, but, 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 did uh, Ultimate Alliance three come out last year? It did. Marvel Ultimate Alliance yes. three. Yes, it did. That would probably be my fifth game then, because I, I played the hell out of that game. And um, while I am kind of like, I, I bought the season pass and I played a, a bit of it because I thought they would like add story content, and they don't. It's mm-hmm. just like a bunch of remixed versions of areas that you've already explored with different modifiers. Um, the the base game is really fun. I don't know if the expansion is worth it, mm-hmm. but um, I bought it because you know my boy's gonna be in it, and um, mm-hmm. of course he's the last one. Um, uh, the Doctor Doom expansion pack, well, the Fantastic Four expansion pack. Um, but yeah, that'll probably be the fifth game because I played the hell out of that game. So of of your five, then. Uh, what is your game of the year for 2019? I mean, it's probably it's 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 a toss up between um, the Outer Worlds, which fits my aesthetic in terms of how I like my fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, I like science fiction and stuff like that. But on a pure like visceral gameplay level, it might be Devil May Cry Five. That's interesting. That, so. That game is that game is the best in its genre. It is the best in its genre, and I can't say that about the other games on my list. So, I mean, Terrence had that as his number one game of the year as well. Um, I guess by default, it kind of has to be the official Dense Pixels endorsed game of the year, <laughs> which like with like an honorable mention to Outer Worlds because Outer Worlds did show up on three of our lists. Oh, there you go. This year, so. I guess uh, I guess there you go. So if you're looking for the official Dense Pixels game of the year, it would be Devil May Cry Five for the year 2019. So very cool. Well, I'm uh, I'm glad that uh, uh, I'm a little surprised that your list is was was very much like a chalk chalk pick list. Yeah, it was. I mean, as much as uh, as much as as many games as I have played, uh, you know. It, that's just the type of gamer I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more of a mainstream gamer. Like I'll I'll delve into like I'm starting to open up to like more indie games and stuff like that now that I have a Switch. But if it's not on the Switch, I'm not playing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and, and I, I know, like I said, I, I have a feeling that I'm going to really enjoy um, 
Bloodstained. I got the itch to play it because I finally sat down and watched the uh, the Castlevania series on on Netflix, mm. um, which was really good. By the way, have you seen it yet? I have not. Yeah, uh, which uh, does it star the Belmonts? It does. Well, it it it's it's good. It's so it it doesn't it does star Trevor Belmont. It doesn't Trevor, star okay. The as long as it's not Richter, it's not Richter. I think I'm okay. No, it's not Richter, and it's good. It's so like it's two seasons. There's twelve episodes. Um, they're each like a half an hour. Like oh. like like I like I literally banged out the first season in one sitting. Oh, okay. And like well, I didn't know they were half an hour. I can do that. Yeah, it's 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 very good. Um there's some surprises that I won't spoil for you, but if you like Castlevania 3, like if you're in that part of the universe, that's kind of where it resides for the most okay. part. Um and they they sure wait a while to throw that fucking Castlevania theme at you, but when they do, <laughs> it's uh it's a doozy. Friend, friend of mine warned me about that. He's like, I'm not gonna tell you when it happens. He's like, but it fucking happens, and you're gonna be fucking geeking out for it. And he was correct. Uh, he was awesome. Correct. So, awesome. Uh, we're gonna do the housekeeping now. Obviously, if you want to hear the Royal Rumble talk, don't stop the podcast. Stay tuned. But uh, if you're if you're checking out, you're not gonna listen to our review of the 2020 Royal Rumble. Uh, we will just tell you to make sure that you follow, uh, join our fan group on Facebook, densepixels.com slash fans to get there. Uh, as Mike mentioned earlier, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe not only to Dense Pixels, but all of the other fantastic TNP studio shows that we make uh, for your enjoyment and pleasure. Uh, subscribe to this channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash densepixels. And again, consider becoming a premium member by going to densepixels.com slash premium uh and you can follow carrie on twitch uh at sub it's carrie you can follow terrence at apparition 410 uh and uh you can follow me on the youtube channel uh i may have more time to start streaming soon um i'm gonna maybe see if i can put aside a day a week to to do that that's kind of a unofficial resolution that i made if uh, you uh, if you stream a multiplayer game mm-hmm. and uh, you want uh, you want some banter mm-hmm. uh, back and forth, let me know and I will hop on. That is probably the only way you will get me. You anyone will hear me on a stream. It's amazing how easy it is to actually schedule these things once you have, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> once you're a normal guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so that is it for the video game side of the podcast. Uh, if you guys are checking out, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. But uh, coming up next, my and Micah's review of the 2020 WWE Royal Rumble. So, Royal Rumble this past week, uh, past Sunday, uh, from Houston, Texas. Of course, uh, you guys know if you listened to the show before, this is mine and Micah's favorite event on the calendar. It might not be as good as WrestleMania usually, but God damn it, the Royal Rumble match is just too much fun. And now we get two of them every year. The Royal Rumble match is the greatest storytelling device that has ever been created for professional wrestling. That's a bold and, claim that is 100% correct. Yeah, because and this past Royal Rumble, at least with the men's Royal Rumble, is a pitch perfect example oh, of why it is awesome. We are going to get into it because holy <laughs> shit, uh, did Brock Lesnar just do the this is your life, Brock Lesnar, like, <laughs> like career tour for the first half of the entire Royal Rumble? 
Um, we will get there. There were two matches on the pre-show that would have probably made uh, the the normal card in any other pay-per-view because the Rumble takes over an hour for each one. Um, you got to bump these matches down. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised uh, with the Sheamus Chad Gable or sorry Shorty G matchup that uh that they had with each other. It was a really good match. I thought they were going to actually just do like a Sheamus squash because this was his return match from injury from a while back. Um, but these guys put together like a, you know, 17-minute match basically that was really well performed. Um, Sheamus has a lot more like mat-driven, hold-driven offense than he ever has had before. He used to be pretty much an impact guy. Uh, and it looks like he has evolved his style a little bit. Um, Chad Gable continues to be one of the best mid-card hands in WWE. Um, it would be nice if he could figure out a personality that works, that goes with <laughs> his wrestling skills, because uh, he's got like a future Intercontinental Champion vibe uh, all over him. Uh, what say you about the Chad Gable-Sheamus uh, matchup? So I didn't get a chance to sit down and really pay attention to um, these two matches mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we had other stuff going on. But um, I, I agree with you with Shorty G. He, he is – he's got all the talent. He just doesn't have the physical stature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is kind of a looks-based business. <laughs> <laughs> like you gotta have you gotta have some size on you. Well look, we've and, learned we've learned that all he has to do is grow his hair out and grow a really straggly beard, and then he too can be a world champion one day. <laughs> but uh Sheamus gets the win uh with a broke kick to the surprise of literally nobody who pays attention to professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, the other pre-show match uh, I was expecting more from uh, Umberto Carrillo, uh, unsuccessfully challenged for the United States Championship against Andrade. Um, these guys specifically have put on better matches than this. It wasn't very crisp, and uh, the ending was uh, kind of a prelude of more to come from these guys. It was, uh, Andrade won on a roll-up. Um, that's usually not <laughs> how you end a end a feud, typically. So I'd imagine that uh, these two will probably be wrestling again at some point. Now, is it me or did Umberto Carrillo just come out of nowhere? Well, he was because... on he was on NXT for a hot minute. Like, like he was like an up and comer on NXT, and then for reasons unknown, I guess Vince McMahon thought he has like a great look or has a great skill set or I don't know. Like they they shot him up to the card pretty quickly and have put him in with other Mexican wrestlers, essentially. Mm. Um, he's a very good wrestler, um, but he's, he's not, he, there's nothing to his gimmick that really, you know, has made him get on anyone's radar yet. Yeah. He's got like this Ultimo dragon looking like chess piece, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily getting an Ultimo Dragon vibe from him. And, uh, I mean, he seems like a good dude. Uh, Ray Mysterio, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, we're, we're really putting him over. Like, like, Hey man, you are the, the future of the, of the Latin, you know, uh, wrestlers in, in WWE. And I love you, man. And I was like, wow, Ray Mysterio I, really put I would, uh, over, man. I would accuse you of being overly racist, but that was actually a pretty good Ray Mysterio person. So. <laughs> 
But uh, but yeah, we're gonna see more from these guys. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, I don't I don't think they're gonna put the belt on Umberto Carrillo though. Like it's like some like it's he he managed to get from NXT to two five live to the main roster in like six weeks, basically. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very odd. And what belt would you put on him? I mean, I I just I mean. I, it's it's tough though. It's tough because like I, I guess they value him more than you know being on two hundred five. Um, but he's is he really ready to hold like a mid card championship? I don't think so. No, man, not yet. Espe- especially considering who's been holding those belts lately. Like it's not like they're putting them on up and comers recently. Like AJ Styles had it before. Uh, you know, Rey Mysterio just had it recently. AJ Styles had it recently. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura has the Intercontinental Championship right now, so. I mean, it appears that these belts are just like the foreign belts now. Because, <laughs> like, they, you know, like, like, they, like, WWE knows that, you know, you've got these wrestlers from all around the world. That's what the first W is in WWE. But they don't know what to do with them, uh, either because they don't let them talk or they don't talk the way WWE wants them to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by talk, like these people know English, like I, I'm, I mean, like the scripts, right? Right. And, um, but, but they know that, you know, I guess they know that wrestling fans will, will pitch a fit if, you know, the, their darlings don't receive some sort of recognition. Like I saw Shinsuke Nakamura yesterday and it, and then I was reminded that he was the intercontinental championship and that the belt looked different. Yeah. That's correct. It's <laughs> like, what are they doing with it? Not much Do right you, now. Uh, all right, quick, quick tangent. Uh huh. Does WWE have too many belts? Um, it's it's not that they have too many belts. I don't think the problem. The problem is that you have two world championships currently. Now, more than more now than in any other point in history before it. Do the world titles now feel wholly distinct? Because you you remember, like especially during the during the aughts, during the 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 first decade of the two thousands, like when they had both world titles, one of them was definitely of higher stature than yeah. the other one. And and which one that was, you know, flipped depending on whether you know Triple H had it or not. But for the most part, <laughs> one of them was had had a had a higher stature. Uh, than the other one did for for different periods of time. For the first time ever, like like the universal title that the that Bray Wyatt holds doesn't feel lesser than the WWE Championship that Brock Lesnar holds because the shows finally feel distinctly different. I guess. Yeah. Um, but the problem is is that the the Intercontinental title is not being used as much in the same way that it used to be. Where it used to be like the belt that you got on the way up the card. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Like now, now it's firmly like the just the belt that they're throwing around the mid card with guys that just happen to not be in the main event right now, but typically would be at any given time. Yeah. So it's weird, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, that it is. We'll what do you think about? Uh, what do you think about? I mean, I know Brock Lesnar ain't carrying two two damn belts. Like that is a quote from him. <laughs> but I've always wondered, like, all right, well, you got to show you you each show has its own champion. Why not have, why not have a WWE champion? Like like at Night of Champions, the two the Universal and the WWE champion fight to be 
you know, king of WWE or whatever. I mean, they've done that before. Um, but it, I don't think that works when you have two separate shows. I mean, Brock Lesnar can't even show up to one show, much less be on two <laughs> shows. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, I think having two world titles is necessary. I just don't know that your mid card, like your established guys don't need to be, you know, fighting for a belt in a mid card feud. Like Andrade having the U S title is fine because he's coming up the card. Yeah. I don't need to think, I don't think he needs to drop it to like a Rey Mysterio, for example, at this point in time. Yeah. Rey Mysterio is, you know, he's firmly at that point in his career where he is, he is actively trying to put over right uh, these two guys. Which is good. And, uh, well, I guess that, yeah. That's, you're that's supposed fine. to, so. you're supposed to. So uh, let's get to the main card. Um, one of the worst choices for a pay-per-view opening match of all time <laughs> is the Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin false count anywhere. Now, I saw it mentioned in a recap that this was the only place that they could put it on the card where the crowd would not run the risk of like turning against it, which is correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is correct. However... A false count anywhere match where the two guys are just going to be spending time dragging each other around the arena or arena for lots of time uh, is not going to get the crowd buzzing the way that you normally want out of your opening match, no matter how many table spots you do. <laughs> yeah, and they did a lot of them <laughs> in this match for sure. Um, I, I also came to the realization that chaining you up to a, a turnbuckle and dumping dog food all over your head could possibly be the greatest insult that you personally, Micah could ever endure uh, in your entire life. I mean, I, Baron Corbin would have to have uh, a Darren Drozdoff type accident in, in the <laughs> ring because I would not, I would not abide by that. Um, now that I say that I, I, that might be considered insensitive and I'm not trying to be insensitive, but no, I would be pissed. I, I would be fucking pissed. Like it's, it's gross. Gross. You have a look at dog food. Oh yeah. It looks like fucking chewed up kibbles and just gross. And like I said, you can wash it out of your hair easily. I'm sure Roman Reigns had to spend a lot oh, of time. Oh, he had to, he had to pick it. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, had Terrible. to comb it out. Now, now here's, so here's one of those dumb wrestling things. Uh, you know, the, you have to suspend the disbelief for the wrestling. So this is a, this is a false County war match. The, the, the King's court, you know, Dolph Ziggler and, Robert Roode have been getting involved, and it required the Usos to come get Roman Reigns' back. But now you have Baron Corman and Roman Reigns in a no-disqualifications match that can literally go anywhere in the arena. From the logical standpoint, why wouldn't the other four guys just be involved in perpetuity yeah, in this match? Right. <laughs> like, there's no reason not to be. I mean, and now it's funny, because as I was typing that thought out, literally when I hit period is when everyone appeared uh, to, to join into the match. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I predicted that. <laughs> it took 15 minutes, but they're all here now. Thank goodness. Um, my kingdom for a steady cam during that whole segment, by the way, because holy shit, the guy, the 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 guy operating the handheld camera was ha- had to be having a seizure the entire time because it was shaking all over the place. I was getting sick from it. It was terrible. Yeah, he uh, he went to the NYPD Blue Film School uh, for for cinematography <laughs> because. He's just holding this thing. I'm looking at it now, and it's like, okay, like the guys are just walking. Like, right. <laughs> why is he doing this? The guys are just walking. Guys. <laughs> like, I know it's I know it's crowded in there, but like, yeah. uh, clear a path, people. Right. <laughs> now, I will say, um, 
the ending of the match was pretty cool. So basically, Reigns and Corbin fought out to the to the Astros dugout, um, and then Reigns speared Corbin on top of the dugout and pinned him right there. By the way, it happens less frequently than you might imagine that a falls count anywhere actually has the fall happen anywhere. Normally, they find a way to get themselves back into the ring, which yeah. completely defeats the fucking purpose of the match. But so I'm glad they decided not to do that here. Yeah. Um, Goddamn, that match did not need to last uh, 25 minutes, though. And please, God, can we be done with this fucking feud between these two? Yeah, it's kind of dumb, man. <laughs> like, I, I just don't, I don't understand. Like, I like Corbin, right? I, I like, I think he's a great heel, and I like Roman Reigns. It's just that the reason they're fighting, I don't even remember the reason they're fighting. Uh, is it, it, it just? I, I feel uh, like it, it just, it just came of disrespect. Like Corbin, like was like I'm I'm the king of SmackDown, and Roman Reigns like you're a bitch, and you know, he took offense to that. You know what I mean? Like I don't th- I don't think there was a speci- I can't remember if there's a specific inciting incident that caused this to happen. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's fine, right? It's wrestling. You don't need a no, a big, but it but it shouldn't last for three months. Yeah. This you is, know what I mean? <laughs> like feud, feud. I don't mind a long feud, but it's got to be like. Of substance, right? You know there's, what well, I there's got to like, be stakes. Like, 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 like there's, right. there's, there's still nothing on the line, but just you know, bragging rights between these two guys right now. Exactly. Like, where are the feuds where the livelihood of a child is on the line, and all you have to do <laughs> is climb a ladder to own a child? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a what a you know I, I'm if, if the dudes on time limit draw are listening to this and Johnny is so Johnny can pass this along. I feel like they have to do SummerSlam with five at some point because between yeah. between the, the the custody of Dominic match and then Shawn Michaels just showing his ass in front of Hulk Hogan <laughs> like that's a fa- fucking fantastic pay per view to review. But oh, yeah, crap. so there you go. Um, so we get from that right into the women's Royal Rumble match. Um, now this was, they only had 10 announced entrants into this one. There weren't a ton of surprises unless you consider certain NXT superstars being surprise entrants like Mercedes Martinez showing up was probably surprising to a lot of folks. Um, you know, Chelsea Green who wrestled on Raw recently, you know, Shotzi Blackheart, that kind of stuff. Um, the the few legitimate surprises. So Molly Holly came back. She was the number three entrant into the match. Is Molly Holly a surprise at this point? I mean, she's still not around. She's not around. Except for this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I, I kind of I kind of expected it. Okay, that's 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 fair. Um, I guess you would lump Beth Phoenix into the same <laughs> into the same category then. I would be disappointed if uh, she did not. Fair enough. You know, she she she's there every week. I would be disappointed if uh, if. If she didn't show up, because she seems like the type that would want to, is itching to get back in the room. Right. Uh, Kelly Kelly, the one surprise entrant that people don't need to see every year, but yet, yet we do. <laughs> and then look, a lot of people were really upset about this last one. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Santina Morella uh, up at the top at number 29. So listen, there were a lot of folks out there that were really upset because Sasha Banks was not in this Rumble match, but Santina Morella was. And and had a a funny moment with Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Like like say what you will, that was fucking funny. Yeah, and, espe- and especially and there's, given, there's, like, especially with the callback. It. Right, it's a it's a callback to history. Um, 
so I, I ask you, you people out there that that uh, you know were upset that you didn't get Sasha Banks. Would you have rather Sasha Banks had come in at twenty nine, last for five minutes, and get ignominiously tossed out of that match? Like, would that have made you feel better just having her in the match, but not do shit? Right. Because I feel or, like that those are your other op- those are your options. So, or have her win it. Because I feel like if she won it, people would have a problem with it. If she came in at 29, mm-hmm. won it, uh, the way people are acting now, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like people might have an issue with it. I don't know what would be worse, right? Like what would get more backlash, her coming in and not doing anything or her coming in late and just kind of winning it? Do you, need like, the, do you need the answer to that question? Do you not remember uh, the Daniel Bryan 2015 Rumble when he just got eliminated halfway through the match with no fucking build up at all and the fans turned against <laughs> the, the match the rest of the way? And 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 at the back, they put <laughs> Gold Dust came out next and, and Gold Dust's like Titan Tron thing starts with Shattered Dreams. <laughs> as a I, big I F- forgot you. about <laughs> So yeah, so I don't, I, again, I don't think... Uh, I, I get why people are upset that Sasha Banks wasn't in it. Um, Plus, I heard she was injured. Like she had some sort of a. I heard she had some sort of injury, which is and it was and it was her watch. birthday. So oh, it was her birthday. Come on, yo, yeah. <laughs> let her let her let her eat cake, man. But look, like I said, Cynthia Morella uh, cobra herself. Like that shit's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny, man. It was funny. It takes the piss out of. Um, it it it's a it's a silly moment and it it takes the piss out of uh remember when Santina was the first uh uh Miss WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah like that's Miss the whole that's like, the whole come yeah. Like, come on. Like 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 the, you know, this is comeuppance for that. This is WWE Apollo like, hey, you know, we kind of messed up. <laughs> <laughs> so couple couple big moments. Um I don't know what the fuck's going on with this uh with this uh Fucking, uh, what's the, I, I can't think of her goddamn name now. Mandy Rose, uh, Otis situation. But man, how, how shitty do you have to be to be Kofi Kingston and have, and like, be known for all these amazing Royal Rumble saves? And then, like, in, in one night, like, fucking Mandy Rose gets a better save than anything you could have ever done. Cause it was yeah. completely, it was completely out of nowhere. Like, she gets thrown yeah. over the rope and people are like, oh shit, she's out. And then the camera cuts over. There's Otis. <laughs> fucking on the ground with her standing on top of him. That shit was hilarious. It was hilarious, man. It was hilarious. <laughs> I I kind of I kind of like this like weird love triangle yeah. thing that they're doing. <laughs> right, and then like, and then it backfired later cuz he caught her and then he tried to catch Sony Deville at the same time and it and it eliminated both of them. So <laughs> Like that stuff was was fucking hilarious. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how far they go with this, right? Because Sonya Deville is uh, an out and proud mm-hmm. lesbian wrestler. I think she's one of the few that is actually like out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, there's a lot of allusions to, you know, before the match, you know, it, uh, she was the both of them were being interviewed, and 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 Sonya Deville said, uh, you know, if it comes down to the two of us, I, I'll go over the top rope because I'll never. I'll never turn on my partner, mm-hmm. right? And 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 meanwhile, Otis is trying to shoot his shot, right? right. <laughs> and it's it's I don't know, man. I'm very curious. I'm curious about this. If if they if they play their cards right, they could have the end of this feud be Mandy Rose being 
like a legit mega heel in the women's division because I don't see any other way this feud ends other than Manny Rose coming out being like one of the most hated wrestlers in the company. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. so so like so like <laughs> they they just have to play their cards right and they got to take their time, but I think that they could do it for sure. Um, what do you think about uh, Alexa Bliss using Bianca Belair's hair to stave off an elimination? I mean, look, I, this is <laughs> I I love Bianca Belair. I I feel like Bianca Belair is is like almost there. I feel like oh, I think I, I think I think they think she is there because I mean, if you look at the fact that she was, I think she was the Iron Woman in the match. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't think that Charlotte was in longer than she was time wise. I'd have to go back and see. Um, but between how they booked her, I mean, she also had like what eight eliminations or something stupid like that. Yeah, in the match. She, yeah. So between between how they booked her, in that sense, and then you go back and she looks strong as shit at Survivor Series as well. I feel like that they have her earmarked for for bigger things. And I probably not so, too long from now. I hope so because she's got the look and she's got like the. I I think she's got the personality. And but I there's a sneaking suspicion that I think that WWE thinks she's kind of like where Braun Strowman is Mm -hmm. like Braun Strowman is a great attraction and can move and can work and, you know, it's okay on the mic, but they haven't really kind of they've tried, but they haven't really done anything, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I don't want that for her. I, I, I want her I want her to 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 be up there with I want. Her and Shayna Baszler to be what Charlotte and and um, Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah. I, I want I want that type of of elevation for them. Um, in terms of uh, uh, Alexa Bliss using the head, look, genius, right? And and like I said, it all <laughs> it came back to get her later because she all she because she, she that's how she got thrown out as well because Bianca Belair basically threw her into the turnbuckle using her hair. <laughs> to uh to, to knock her off the thing. Um and like I said, she had a she uh Bianca Bell had a good reaction shot when she was in the ring by herself and then uh you know very next person coming out is Charlotte Flair. The old the old uh mid mid rumble reset. Yeah. Which we got uh, we got two of those tonight. Doesn't have doesn't usually happen that often. So uh how about that uh how about that nasty uh that nasty head injury that Beth Phoenix had? Oh yeah, yeah. She looked like a redhead, man. <laughs> like I said, she she was worrying me for a second because either she was doing a fantastic job of selling that, or she was like legitimately woozy from blood loss. But since yeah. she stayed, I'm assuming that she wasn't that bad off. Yeah. So but, uh, I mean, but, goodness gracious. Very man. very interesting night for the Copelands. More on that later on. Um, but yeah. So like I said, it comes down to to Shayna Baszler and Charlotte Flair. Um, a feud that I am. I'm ready to fucking see. Like I'm ready yeah, to fucking man. see that dude <laughs> pop off like for real, for real. Um, and Charlotte wins the match. A lot of people were not upset about this, or, or, or were upset about this rather. Um, I have my thoughts on it. I'll I'll get your thoughts first, though. You know, I've I've always said this. Um, I think uh, I think Charlotte is uh, top five women in the company. Um, maybe top ten wrestler in 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 the company um you know a lot i know a lot of people think that uh you know since her last name's flair she's getting she's getting the rub you know but no charlotte can work man charlotte can work 
And if you if the the only problem I see with Charlotte is that she's one of those she's one of those wrestlers that is that can't switch. She's either uh, she's she's a heel. She mm. needs to be a heel. Uh, she doesn't have that type of versatility. She's she has to play up the the she's she's the Beyonce of of women's wrestling, and and I think she's I think she's amazing. Now, I think that if they play this right, they could push hard a Shayna Baszler or have Charlotte come down to NXT. Mm. because she's the, you know, she's the queen or whatever, right? She can come down to NXT and prove it and show and show that NXT is the third brand, quote unquote, for a reason and to challenge the most dominant person there, Shayna Baszler. I, I, they can, they can still do this and they can have this at WrestleMania. And I, I really hope they do. Well, see, so I'm I'm in a different place than you are right now. So you have you have Charlotte and you have Becky Lynch. They're both in their prime years right now. They're both at the top of their game right now. This is this is quite literally this era's Rock Austin, where you have two two people at the same point on the card, at the same point in their careers that are going to be all time greats that the crowd is fully invested in, and you only have so many of those shots to have them headline your biggest event. Mm. So I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that she's going to fight Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. And people are like, oh, same old crap, same old crap. I'm like, yeah, but when it's amazing, yeah, like, like, that, like, like that's like, that's what people are going to tune in for. When it works, it works, man. Like right. there's a reason why rematches happen. Right. And, and, and again, they're going to, they, they can have a really cool build to this. Like no one at WrestleMania set, or, sorry, I was going to say 17. No one at WrestleMania X seven was like, <laughs> you know, looking at rock and Steve Austin, like, Oh, same old crap. We saw this at WrestleMania 15. Like, no, right. you were ready for that fucking feud to pop right. off again. And look, like right. I said, the we, the weakest part of the match last year, at WrestleMania was the fact that Ronda Rousey was involved. Yeah. So, like I said, you, now you have these two one on one, and I, I think that was the right choice. It's not you're, you're not always going to get the new person winning the Royal Rumble. Sometimes, you, sometimes you go with the person who it makes sense to go with. Um, it's another accolade for Charlotte to add to her uh, to her cabinet of accolades, and that stuff matters. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I wasn't at all upset, and and I predicted she was my prediction anyway. So I wasn't wasn't too miffed about that at all. There you go. Uh, Bailey, uh, successfully defended the SmackDown world championship against Lacey Evans. Um, what is so, it? <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to really watch a lot of SmackDown. Lacey Evans is a, is a face. Yes. She's a face now. And the crowd is kind of taking to it, which is surprising. <laughs> is she still talking? Yeah. She like is. she like she did before. Like she's just not. I mean, like I mean, she she's not down. she's not calling she's not calling like the crowd nasty anymore. She's calling the other women wrestlers like nasty women this that or the other. And she talked, you know, she talks about her 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 service and she talks about her daughter and everything's being like like they, they they're giving her the you know the the generic baby face. You know, bring up they're making it difficult to to cheer against her. Um, yeah. I know a lot of yeah, people still want to because of. You know things in her past, I guess, but uh, 
Oh yeah, because I'm I, I have it on in the background, and I, right at the beginning of the match, she did the she did the salute. Right, I'm like well, you can't boo a troop. No, no yeah, and, 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 and like I said, it's it like 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 she she is a insight into the mind of of one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, absolutely. She's I, tall. I mean, she's blonde. She used to be in the military. <laughs> like like she like 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 if if there's anyone that would ever be pushed. By Vince McMahon, Lacey Evans was put on this earth for that specific purpose. <laughs> the match was underwhelming, though. Um, Bailey, like, this is this is the classic example of somebody carrying someone through the match who is not quite ready for that prime time spot. Like Bailey did everything she could, I think, here to to make this as good a match as she can. I just don't think Lacey Evans is at that level yet. She didn't spend enough time in NXT when it bo- no. when it boils down to it. She got she got brought up too fast. Yeah, so. But uh, but Bailey retains as she should for sure. So the Fiend and Daniel Bryan uh, fighting for the Universal Championship in a strap match, uh, which we have not seen. Apparently, WWE hasn't done one of these hadn't done one of these for like ten years um, before this match between the two of them. Hmm. Happy that they did not go with the red light, though. I'm supposing that's more to do with the fact that they were in a stadium. It would be a little bit more difficult to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. than in an arena. Uh, but I think this was necessary. Like Daniel Bryan had welts all over his back during, like by the time the match was done because of the strap being whipped against him constantly. That's probably why they haven't done it in a while. It's brutal, man. I know, it can be. It can be. <laughs> um, I, I like this match a lot. I don't think that the strap was used in a silly manner, which you can sometimes get with these matches. Um, yeah. I think it was used effectively um, they, they did a great job of making it seem like that Daniel Bryan could win, um, without having to, you know, deliver six running knees to the face of the fiend <laughs> and throw a million chairs on top of him and this, that, or the other, like Seth Rollins had to do yeah. inside hell in a cell. Um, the fiend continues to be a fantastic attraction. For them, Daniel Bryan, uh, I, I, I think Daniel Bryan can pull a good match out of like a tree trunk. Let me tell you You something. When, when, when Daniel Bryan was gone for those couple of years, I truly did not appreciate how much I missed Daniel Bryan. And then when Daniel Bryan came back, I was like, oh, that's right. He's one of the three best wrestlers of this generation of wrestlers. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, like he, it, you almost it, it was it, you almost took him for granted. Yeah, back then. But you're right. Like, I don't think he's capable of putting on less than a three star match with anybody. Yeah, no matter this who is, it is. This is the best thing for the Fiend character because the Fiend still comes out looking strong, but like you said, he comes out as he seems beatable. Where at first they were just kind of pushing the hell out of him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is, this was, this was a great match. I really, I really enjoyed it. I, man, I, I can watch Daniel Bryan wrestle. Uh, I mean, I, he, he can wrestle younglings as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and, and he would get a good match. Yeah. It, it, like I said, just, just a really good match. Um, he really is like this generation, Shawn Michaels, basically. Yeah, man. So he's, that's, he's amazing. Yeah. So that was a really good one. Also, Mandible Cloth Slam. Good finisher. Yeah. Good finisher. So Yeah. Nice little twist, man. Yeah. Nice little twist on a on an old favorite. 
I'm gonna choke you to death and 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 give you a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Becky Lynch versus Asuka, Raw World Championship. So here's the problem with this match. It's a very good match. It's better than last year's match between the two of them at this same event for my money. However, the problem is because of the buildup and because we got to see who won the Royal Rumble earlier in the evening. We watched this whole match where the outcome was absolutely not in doubt. Yeah. The only yeah. the only the only time I thought for even a millisecond that Asuka would win is when Becky Lynch feigned being knocked out by that kick. And I thought that she was she might have been legitimately knocked out. <laughs> and I was like, the only the only thing they can do is to possibly like call the match and you know award her the title. Yeah. So other than that, I, I I did not think for a second that anyone but Becky Lynch was going to win. Yeah, uh, and and when things like that happen, you you need to put on a good show, and uh, I think these two did. I I think uh, that Oscar is and Kyrie Sane. I I think they're criminally underused, and they're underused just because just because they don't speak the queen's English. Uh, I feel like, you know, like Oscar is amazing and she's another wrestler that just kind of brings it out of people. Um, and, and you know, the story that they were leading up to with Becky Lynch, just kind of like, yeah, beating everybody. Now what, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's like, Oh, you brought it. You, I got to find my fire and, and all that, you know, and it's, but it's true with Oscar. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she can bring it out of you. And she brought a, a, a good match out of Becky Lynch, who, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hate Becky Lynch, mm. but I'm not like enamored with Becky Lynch. Like I feel most people are. Yeah. The, it, it has been an interesting year and a half with her because yeah. I was kind of, when, when it first started, I didn't get why she, had the crowd swell behind her to the extent like I, I thought I thought her reaction like the, the reason the crowd pulled behind her as much as they can is because it, it was more of an anti Charlotte sentiment. Yeah. At at first. And then it kind of grew into this thing and it kind of capped off at WrestleMania last year. And then she's kind of kind of been just going through it for the last year or so. Like she's never really felt threatened. Yeah. To me. But she's also not like Goldberging people either, you know what I mean? Like it's not like she's just dominating people whenever she wrestles them, right? It's like like to use the Austin analogy, right? Like yeah, Austin was hot, but Austin had the ultimate adversary, mm-hmm. Vince McMahon, right? You, you know, it doesn't get any bigger than Mister McMahon, right? And, right? and it literally and it literally whole... took them a year and a half to get them in the ring with each other. Right, right. You know, when you've got literally the whole company against you, like that's where, you know, the the rattlesnake comes out. Whereas Becky is just kind of like, yeah, I'm the man. Mm-hmm. And I've proven it <laughs> again and again. Right. And, and again, that's why even though her and Charlotte is, you know, same old shit, I think that they have, a, they have an opening now to tell a more interesting story between the two of them, essentially. Yeah. Because now, going into WrestleMania, since she has truly beaten everybody, Becky Lynch has, I don't know who's going to win that match. Truly, I don't. Yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. 
Um, the main event, the men's Royal Rumble match, Brock Lesnar entering himself at number one to do the only thing that he felt was worthy of doing, and that is going the distance and winning the Royal Rumble. <laughs> to what end, I have no idea. Um, so look, there's a lot of people that really did not like the first half of this Royal Rumble match. My no, wife is it. my wife is one of them. Really? Yeah, she was like, I'm so tired of this. And I'm just like, but what you don't understand, the thing that makes this amazing is just how stupidly absurd this is. Right. Right. Like, like, like this is so absurd. Like, it's not even funny. And they faked you out a couple of times. So, so it starts with Elias. Elias had a fantastic moment breaking the fourth wall singing a song called Sacrificial Lamb as he was going going down to the <laughs> ring, knowing exactly what was happening. And I was here for Brock just being completely exacerbated with him as he was fucking malaising his way down in the ring. And then, you know, Brock comes down, beats the shit out of him, throws him in the ring, and then throws him out of the ring. So Eric Rowan comes out, whatever. He lasted two seconds. Robert Roode comes out, whatever. He lasts two seconds. John Morrison comes out, whatever. He lasted two seconds. Like Brock Lesnar was just murdering people. In the ring, basically. So then Kofi Kingston comes out. And people are like, oh, shit. Like, here we go. Like, like it's revenge time. Like, Kofi's going to hang in there. And he did. And then Rey Mysterio comes out. Another guy that's had issues recently with Brock Lesnar. And people are like, all right, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the story beats. And then Big E comes out. And they triple team Brock Lesnar. And they start the finisher parade on Brock Lesnar. They work together. And then all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar just eliminates all three of them. All and of a sudden, like, Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar turns into an SNK boss. He read all of their inputs and was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Dude, this is what I'm talking about when I when I when we talk about uh the Royal Rumble being uh an excellent storytelling device because it can it can it does callbacks, it can start new feuds, it can continue feuds, it can uh it's it's amazing. And I, I I loved how they booked the, the first half of this Brock Lesnar gauntlet match where, <laughs> you know, you have to establish that Brock Lesnar, you have to reestablish that Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar, right? So the first three, four, five dudes, you come in, they get fed to Brock Lesnar. I mean, look, that's, that's just how it is, right? But... Kofi comes in, and like you said, everybody remembers, uh-oh, yeah, I remember that six seconds. It's payback time. And yeah, Kofi gets some licks in, but yo, I'm still the boss, right? I'm mm. still Shao Kahn. You can't just come in here and start punching me and think that I'm not going to hit you, right? And then Rey Mysterio comes in, and it's like, yo, remember what he did to your son? Oh, snap. And then Big E comes in. Big E is trying to rally the troops, man. And yo, it's amazing. And then, like... Like, yeah, you could you you see that Brock Lesnar is being uh, a, a hit. Oh, he's getting tired. He's getting tired, right? And and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, right? Just like just like a regular like combat sport fight, right? Like like a, a like a flash knockout, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he just gets this gust of, of of adrenaline and just knocks these dudes out. Like it's. It's great, man. It's it, 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 I I, abso- I absolutely loved this per- this first part, and then and then uh, Cesaro's music comes out, and it's right. like, yo, 
Uh, Cesaro is, as everyone has said, in the WWE, oh, pound for pound, he's probably the most powerful wrestler there. And and he's an indie darling, right? And I thought Cesaro would have lasted a little longer. Right? But, <laughs> no, he was in, in and out, basically. In and out. He, he, he was in there for like 20 seconds. Right. But then, but Lace, and for fuck's sake, like you even made Shelton Benjamin coming out worth something in the Royal Rumble because of right. their history. Right. And I, like that's, that's, that's storytelling, man. Like that's, that's WWE paying attention to uh, the things that it has done in the past, right? Shelton Benjamin was relevant. And look, everybody saw it coming, right? Everybody saw what was going to happen coming a mile away. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you wanna you wanna get what you know you're gonna get. Right. You know what I mean? That's okay. Fucking. And then you know Shinsuke Nakamura comes out, former Royal Rumble winner. He he gets sacrificed at the altar of Lesnar. MVP comes back. My son. <laughs> <laughs> Chases Paul Haven around the ring for some reason. I don't know what that's all about. I don't remember them having like a having like a thing with each other back in the day. But then he gets uh Brock Lesnar puts puts the kibosh on that and and throws that MVP. Yeah, he dragged him in and threw him out, man. <laughs> was... Right. And then and then we get and then every, now this this brought joy to my heart. This brought joy to my heart, this next thing. Because the next guy that comes out is is Keith Lee. This, and and uh, aside, aside from another guy later in the match, this was the biggest pop of the Rumble, was when Keith Lee came out. This brought joy to your heart and blood to Vince McMahon's penis, because <laughs> that was a lot of beef in there, man. That was a lot of beef in there. And Keith Lee, I mean, he knocked him down, right? He right. Oh, he, Keith, 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 man, Keith Lee, more than anybody else, um, I've ever seen has the greatest wrestling poker face in the world. Yeah, like you could like you could put him in the ring with like fucking Hulk Hogan, and he would still look cool as a cucumber. Yeah, coming man. out to that ring, like he fucking owns it. Yeah, I mean, he even got like he even got a little bit of a as, as much of a plotted as you can for Brock, Brock Lesnar on his way out. Like Brock Lesnar had a really inquisitive look when Keith Lee was running down the aisle. <laughs> Tell Paul he's like, who is this motherfucker? What do you get said? And then Braun Strowman comes out. Now, Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar have a lot of history, of course. Um, the only thing I did not like here is that this was a sting caliber Mensa decision from Keith Lee and Braun Strowman to fight each other <laughs> with Brock Lesnar still in the ring. Uh, yeah, guys. I mean, I you know, I know there's a lot of testosterone in that ring, but you gotta you gotta think, man. Right. <laughs> like Brock Lesnar's tired, he's beat up. You guys could eliminate him and then fight each other, but no, you're gonna fight each other, have a hoss fight, um, and then you both get tossed out because you're idiots. <laughs> Just like Sting, like I said. Oh, sure, I'll team with Ric Flair. Oh man, why do you punch me in the face? I'll team up with the dirtiest player in the game. Right. God what? damn it. What? <laughs> How did you get with, that? Nickname? With my blood rival. So, um, so then Ricochet comes out and then, then Drew McIntyre comes out. Now here's, here's the only thing that I think that they did poorly with, with this Brock Lesnar thing. So of course the, the, the obvious callback to what Brock Lesnar was doing, um, was the Austin 97 Royal Rumble. 
And the thing that's so memorable about that Royal Rumble is Austin is chilling, you know, in the, it, on, on, sitting on the turnbuckle without a care in the world. And then they have the, the camera closed in on his face. And all of a sudden you hear the, the, you know, the guitar riff of Bret Hart's music. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, 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 like it takes that caliber of a wrestler to, to do that. Um, I don't know what John Cena was doing this weekend. But they really should have had like a John Cena type for that specific moment. I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I could see that. Like, like how, how Lesnar got ditched because, you know, Ricochet gave him a low blow and then Mac, McIntyre Claymore kicked him out of the ring, um, <laughs> which was fucking awesome. Was cool, but it, 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 it felt it didn't, it didn't live up to the moment that they were creating for that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of see that. Um, it'll be, uh, it'll be very interesting with these two down the line. It will be. And, and, and like I said, they, they laid the seeds immediately yep. for, for, for that match. <laughs> like, like, at, like at that point in time, it couldn't, like you could have just booked uh, Drew McIntyre to win the fucking match because they, you was very clear. Yeah. What the <laughs> yeah. Hell. yeah. Um, once, uh, once, once uh, I, I, I made it, I told myself whoever eliminates Brock is probably going to win the Royal Rumble. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll skip ahead a bit to number 21 and, uh, Edge is a liar. <laughs> he is a lying son of a bitch. That guy. So there were, there was rumors flying around that he was medically cleared and he was going to be showing up again soon that he had signed a new contract and all this stuff. And Edge is like, I don't know where the fuck this stuff's coming from, but I have not been cleared to wrestle. Well, he lied. And you know what? <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Legit surprises are always welcome. Yeah, man. We don't need to we don't need to know everything. And and look and look, man, like he, he is a guy who who wears his emotions on his face. Like he can't he can't hide how he's feeling. Oh Very yeah, well. he almost he almost he almost welled up. He almost, oh, he, he, almost he, started crying. he got me. Like like when he paused like halfway down the ring before like when he just kinda when he kinda stopped and really like took it all in. Yeah. Like man. what was going on. I'm just like, fuck. Right, man. I was like, oh, come on, dude. Like, because Edge, like, I don't know if Edge is anybody's like all time favorite wrestler, but everybody likes Edge. And because that guy, that guy is a performer. Like he he and you can you can tell he had a, he has a lot of work ethic mm. to want to be like you could tell he wants to be the guy. He wants match of the night. He wants people to remember him. You know what I well, mean? And and again, it's that combined with the fact that it was not, it was taken away from him. Like it wasn't his choice yeah. to leave. Like he left because he had to leave because of injury. Um, and he didn't get to go out on his terms. And yeah. so I'm really happy for him that he, that he will now, how, however long this is going to last. Cause I have a feeling that last night was not it for him. Um, yeah. however long this lasts, I, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, also if, uh, if he can come back at 46 years of age with a <laughs> fucking six pack, what are you doing? Chris Jericho? <laughs> that, re- that man hasn't wrestled for nine years and he's coming out, uh, more cut than, uh, than you got going on. So, 
Yeah. Now, I will say, are you familiar with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Uh, Edge looks like uh, an extremely ripped version of Rickety Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, like he, his, he, his face has, he has seen some shit. He has seen some shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. I'm very happy that he appears to be back for at least the foreseeable future. Like this wasn't a, this was this doesn't appear to be a one-off. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very happy for him because he, like I said, man, he is a he's a dude that you could tell he just loved wrestling. Yeah. And like you and like you said, it, it was it was stolen from him. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> because because we had the uh, so many sacrifices at the feet of Brock Lesnar. Um, the back end of this rumble was overloaded. Like, yeah. it, like, 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 like there came a point where there was like, you know, I, I think when Seth Rollins came out at 30, there were like eight guys left in the match and all of them were like viable winners yeah. of the match, which does not happen all of the time. Um, but yeah, so a couple other things, let me tell you something. I did not know that I would enjoy late stage Randy Orton as as much as I do. That man is delightful. <laughs> it, it, it is shithousery. <laughs> like, 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 literally, he almost snuck up on Edge and threw him out. Edge is like, what the fuck, man? He's like, it's me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you knew what this was. It's fine. You caught me. I'm not worried about it. And then, like I said, Edge got to turn turn it around on him, turn the tables on him. Instead, and, and then, did you see his reaction? Yeah, he was just like, "Ah, ah you got me." <laughs> what are you gonna? What are you gonna? What do? could I say? I'd have did it to you too. I, lo- I I really like this version of Randy Orton. He he is yeah. a delight. He is a delight. Um, uh, Rollins has gone full shitlord. I'm also here for that. Like I said, get like make Seth Rollins as despicable as you possibly can. He 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 works so much better. As a guy that you just despise, he is uh, he is the best chicken shit heel man. Like he is, he is this this is his lane. Like him, him being uh, you know uh, a company guy, uh, uh, like a John Cena type super. Like nah, man, that's not that's not you. You are this is the best Seth Rollins. Yeah, and and, and like I said, I love the moment where. You know, Joe gets thrown out because of his crew, and Alistair Black gets thrown out because of his crew, and Kevin Owens gets thrown out because of his crew, and they're <laughs> fighting up the ramp, and you know, we'll see more of that down the road. But now Rollins is trapped in there with Orton and Edge and Drew McIntyre and um and Roman Reigns, and he realizes that he's 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 the guy that nobody wants in the ring, and he's like, Shit, my crew's gone. Get back, like get back here. What are you guys doing? <laughs> like you're leaving me all by myself. And then he, and then of course, of course, he tries to fucking appeal to Roman Reigns. Like, come on, man, we're the Shield. Yeah. Let's team up together. <laughs> after, after he gave him a stomp, like, right? <laughs> like that, like that. That's that is exactly what I want from Seth Rollins. Um, it, it, like I said, and and we've seen it before. Like we did, like the same. I, I I'll never forget. There was a fatal four-way match between him. It, it was the three dudes in the Shield and Randy Orton. Like that was the match, and it was for the world title. And there were and there was a match. There was a point in the match where the you know the three Shield guys teamed up together and powerbombed Randy Orton through an announce table. 
And and he was like, yeah, he's like, we did it. We're like, we're the shield guys. And like, they did all the thing. He was trying to get to do the fight, fight out. And like, Ambrose and Reigns are like, hey, we're going to beat the shit out of you now. <laughs> like, 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 this, like, this is not happening. So, so like I said, Ed, Ed, Edge gets thrown out by Reigns, which the crowd really wanted to boo Roman Reigns. So that, you know, just added fuel to the fire. And then, uh, and then Roman Re- or uh, Drew McIntyre throws him out. So Drew McIntyre is getting his, getting his shot. I uh, I really felt for that dude, man. Like that was another emotional moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, and Michael Cole even brought it up. He was like, "This man was fired from WWE, but he he fought hard and he came back. He transformed himself into a gigantic human being." <laughs> <laughs> And, um, but yeah, man, I'm happy for that dude, man. Like he's got, I think he has personality. He just hasn't been able to really kind of unleash it. You know what I mean? Well, for, and, for and it's funny. You and I got to see kind of the beginnings of this because he's been kind of rolling out this new, like, I'm not a douchebag Drew McIntyre persona where like, he's like playing through the crowd a little bit more and, you know, being a little bit more carefree and just kind of being himself a little more. We went to a house show about a month ago. You and I did. Yeah. And, and got the, and got kind of got to see the groundwork being laid for this, which yeah, is kind of cool um, to see it pop out. But yeah, so like I said, Drew McIntyre. Um, and again, it's 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 interesting for me to observe because I remember you know post you know post Benoit, I fell out of wrestling for a little while, as a lot of us did because that was that was rough. And then CM Punk kind of brought me back into it. Um, you know the, the 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 pipe bomb promo, of course, was a uh, you know. The, uh, Got my attention. Started watching again after that, yeah. and uh, and the first event that I went to afterwards was TLC 2011 down at the Royal Farms Arena uh, here in Baltimore, and uh, the dark match was Alex Riley taking on Drew McIntyre, and Alex Riley was the over guy in the match. Like, Drew, like Drew McIntyre was <laughs> on his way down, and um, it's kind of just cool just to see you know nine years later. How things change for yeah. folks, and uh, and like I said, the right guy won. I think here, um, I think I think that uh, when you go through, there really wasn't a better choice uh, to have a Rumble winner than McIntyre. Uh, I'm like I thought this was going to happen a year ago. Honestly, um, I guess it just took me a little longer to get there. But like I said, he'll now get a really high profile match at fucking WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, he's probably going to win. Um, I think that the few the build up between them should be interesting, <laughs> especially if we get to see his personality really just unleashed. Because he's a charming motherfucker, Drew McIntyre yeah. can be. Yeah, he is, man. And uh, and so yeah, it was a, it was a really fun Rumble match. I really did enjoy the totality of it, um, even with the Brock Lesnar shithousery going on. Yeah, I loved that part, man. I loved it. (laughs) Uh, Maybe, maybe I'm on an island, but I thought it was because you don't see that often. You know what I mean? And um, which is one of the, you know, oh, Brock Lesnar never wrestles well because he gets booked like that. So, well, and 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 again, people were like, you know, people were bitching about, oh, it's making Kofi look bad. It's making Shinsuke Nakamura look bad. It made Keith Lee look bad. Like no one's getting hurt by getting tossed out by Brock Lesnar. Like, come on. Right. No, no, no. All right, yo. All right. I mean, people, I, I'm very curious to see what people, how people would book certain matches and book certain people well, because it, you can't, you can't push everybody. Well, you know and, I mean? and the other thing too is that, and I was making this point in the thread that we did last night is that you have to keep your top guys 
looking strong because right. that way when like when Drew McIntyre beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, that's going to feel like a huge deal because of how strong Brock Lesnar has been booked. Right. Like if, you know, if Becky Lynch manages to overcome Charlotte at WrestleMania or vice versa, that's going to be a big deal because of how strong the each other have been booked leading into this. Like like it's necessary to to make those guys at the top of the card built up because otherwise when they lose you won't care. Exactly. You you you, you want you don't have you don't have 20 years worth of, you know, legendary matches like with the Undertaker. When when Brock Lesnar beat the the beat the streak like people couldn't believe it, right? Like they thought they thought somebody botched it somewhere. And then when the <laughs> Titan Tron came up 21 and 1, uh, they were like, uh, I guess this is for real. And yeah, it was. And it was shocking. And it was it was it showed you, oh holy shit, Brock Lesnar is the guy that that you need to beat now. And and Look, I like how they're 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 booking Brock Lesnar. I I I, I don't I don't it it makes the title feel like it's worth something. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you know, it's always it's always these guys chasing after this mythical, like this mythical dude, right? Right. And and and, and, to, and by the way, like like credit to him as well because it was boring when he was just like when he would show up on Raw and just stand there. While right. Paul Heyman talk now, like you're like he's acting like a like a shithead basically. Yeah, you know, he's like, being a dick, man. He's been, <laughs> like he's, he's dancing around the ring, like he did the whole fucking deal with the boombox money in the bank briefcase, and like all <laughs> like all that like all that shit. Like that that's the kind of stuff that we were missing before, where Brock Lesnar's like I'm so fucking on on top of things right now that I can just I can just troll everybody. Like fuck yeah. all you guys, I'm the best. I'm not going anywhere. Boo me if you want. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing. Just really laying into it. Yeah, man. Like uh, he he was being booked like Ivan Drago, right? And he just, he just needs to be booked like a like a like a like a super strong dickhead. <laughs> so, yes, like I said, I, I I think that the Rumble matches themselves were both very good. Uh, unfortunately, the other matches on the card, except for Fiend uh, Daniel Bryan, probably didn't quite live up to the billing. Um, as much as we had hoped, I guess we could say. Yeah, but um, that's one thing about the Royal Rumble is that, um, you know, it, it doesn't, there aren't a lot of matches because no. now that there are two Royal Rumbles, um, you got to kind of cut the fat out. That, and, that, and, and that being said, like, there, like, you can count on one hand the amount of Royal Rumble matches that are, like, legendary that weren't the Royal Rumble match. Like, right. like you got, you got the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels casket match. You got Kurt Angle, Benoit, um, and a C- and I'm already petering out <laughs> as, right. far, as far, as far, as far as options for you. So that would be an interesting list for someone to compile the, the, the top five non Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble matches. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that is, uh, that is our review of the Royal Rumble. Um, we will see you again for one of these uh, after WrestleMania, which I cannot believe is a little more than two months away. Yeah. At this point, it always sneaks up on me every fucking yeah. year. Um, but thank you, Micah, for hanging in a little bit longer. Thank you guys for listening. 
and uh, we will see you all the next time. See ya.